Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back to the Believe in NFL Draft Prospect Podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. Today's episode, we are continuing our stream of position groups. I was not here last week for the corners, I believe. This week, we are doing linebackers. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Ryan Roberts and Alex Gilstrap. And this linebacker group, guys, is quite the entertaining one because we've got some fantastic athletes. We've got some huge playmakers maybe you can make the argument that the the quality of linebackers makes up for the lack of edge prospects in this group but overall guys I I think the one takeaway that we can have here before we start diving into these superlatives you guys wanted to discuss um there's a lot of really talented guys and a number of which could end up in the first round yeah I I mean I I retweeted Ben Solak's tweet yesterday because he talked about how it's an offensive heavy draft which it is I, I would agree with that but he mentioned uh, cornerback as the best position defensively. For me, I think it's linebacker. I think the depth, and I think at, at the top, you have some dudes that are – I mean, I can make an argument for three to four guys going in the first round, and I think the depth throughout from first all the way to seventh is it's pretty nice. I think it's a deep class. I think there's top, it's top-heavy as well. Like, I, 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 I really do believe, although linebacker is one of those positions that you kind of push to the side and you say that it's being devalued, blah, 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 the second-level defenders in this class, for me, is probably the strongest defensive group, in my opinion. No, I agree. And you talked about the linebacker position being one that's not heavily you know, uh, prioritized in the draft, but we're still going to talk about three to four guys that are first-round prospects uh, that we could see being taken in the top 32 despite you know that lack of uh, position uh, positional value. So this is a really good class from top to bottom. There's some guys to be excited about. Uh, in different landing spots throughout the draft, different rounds. So I, I really, I'm with you. I think this is the best position group on the defensive side of the football. The cornerback room is good, the one we talked about last week, but this linebacker group is really, really exciting. You get so many different flavors uh, overall. Flavors. See, that was what I was going to say, is I think this is a pretty diverse group, is that it's not like you're just getting a bunch of downhill thumpers and some of them are, are first-round talents. It's a lot of different skill sets. And I think that it's perfect for us to do the superlative format again this week to highlight some of those various styles and aspects of playing the linebacker position that we have in the 2021 group. Before we get into this first superlative, I do have to tell our listeners about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. The NBA is in full swing. College basketball heats up as schools make their way towards the madness that is coming for their postseason tournament. Additionally, MLB is getting super, super close. Heck, if you have some hunches on who you think is going to win the World Series, I think that's one of the most entertaining parts about betting on baseball is putting down some World Series favorite bets, just a little bit of money, take a long shot, see if you can pan out because MLB, the MLB in baseball, Major League Baseball can be super unpredictable who ends up winning the World Series. The tournament, uh, the 
March Madness tournament is coming, and so is their $100,000 Bracket Madness Contest, as BetOnline is the spot to be for all of your bracketology needs. BetOnline has you covered for all of the sports news, scores, and odds that you need, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to their website, Sorry, head to their website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, phone break is over for you guys. Let's get into talking about the three-down impact linebacker. And I think the easiest way to explain this, who can stay on the field all three downs because there are some linebackers who can't cover at all and they're mostly run defenders. There's also some guys that are fantastic athletes, basically playing, uh, basically being a safety, but going out there and lining up as a linebacker and can't really play against the run. I think Tate Crowder's a, a good example of a player like that. For you guys, who is the three-down impact player for this class? Ryan, let's go. Joe, how dare you insult former Georgia great Tate Georgia Crowder with, <laughs> with Alex? Okay, yeah, let's, be, let's be real with ourselves here. And he's been a he's he was a great uh, had a great rookie year for Mister Irrelevant, but he's a coverage linebacker. He's terrible against the run. I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. So so we talked about the devaluation of linebacker already. We talked about there's going to be niche roles for a lot of these guys. For a player that is going to be considered in the first round. They're going to have to be players that impact more than one to two downs. They have to be those three down backers who can you can keep in on obvious passing situations. You can keep in obviously on running situations, right? Because no matter what, no matter how this passing league continues to evolve, linebacker is still a run first position. Their their first step, their trigger step is forward, not backward, always. So that guy has to be able to stop the run, and then obviously the added element of being dynamic in the passing game. For me. The best all-around linebacker in this class is Micah Parsons from Penn State. And there is some rawness, a little bit, to him in the passing game. I think that it's a little undersold. I've seen him play some man-to-man coverage and absolutely blanket some dudes. But the added element that he also has is if you say, like, okay, maybe he's not going to be the greatest coverage linebacker of all time because he's also has only been playing it for a couple years now. He came in as a defensive end recruit. And if you're feeling, you know, a little froggy, right? Like you could throw him down at defensive end on obvious passing situations. Feeling a little froggy. Feeling a little froggy, man. <laughs> Take that, pull the chains off. Pull the chains off. Just let him go. Like there's, I think, as equally in the run game, in the pass game as a coverage guy, or as pass game definitely as a rush player from from various alignments. I think that Micah Parsons impacts the game on every single down. And although he didn't play in 2020, a lot of people are going to forget how dynamic of a player he is. And he is still, because they're, well, I'll say this, he is still a top five player in this class for me. There is some talks, you know, about some off the field concerns, some different things that we're not going to get into on this podcast. But that stuff aside, he's a top five player in the class for me. Yeah, so I, I agree with you. Micah Parsons, for sure, is just someone that is, you're going to get value in. That athleticism is just second to none, and his ability to rush the passer is is something that people don't talk about quite enough. For me, another player to talk about that you're going to want on the field every single down is Zayvon Collins out of Tulsa. His big frame, you know, he's a 260-pounder, and, and that athleticism at that size is just someone that 
warrants being being on the field every single down. You saw him turn the football over more this year with four interceptions and two of those going for touchdowns. I love his little his little short zone thing where he sits at the line of scrimmage kind of as a quarterback spy and he's just jumping jumping to the football as as it's coming out of the quarterback's hands. That's how he got a couple of his interceptions this year. So more so than his impact, you know, in deep coverages and man coverages, that alone, you know, he can take away a whole portion of the field from his frame and his ability to to time up the the jump. So for me, Zayvon Collins, his physicality and his athleticism is just someone that I'm going to take in the first round and I'm going to be happy about putting him down, playing and play out. Yeah, and Zayvon Collins, I feel like, is a name that's really risen a ton. And heck, if you've been listening to the show thus far and if you were listening during the season, everybody knows that we were talking Zayvon Collins since the jump, specifically Ryan. I think Ryan deserves – we say this every week. Ryan deserves more mm-hmm. damn credit for the fact that he brings up the guys that everybody's talking about right now. But then for some reason, you know, Ryan Ryan's riding off the wave when he brings it up. <laughs> I, I, have, I have no life, so I'm just looking guys up all day, you know, so. Uh, just like we're everybody stealing Ryan, <laughs> one of Ryan's uh, favorite catchphrases. We're not going to no, get no, into that. Uh, wait, no, no. We need to go there real quick, real okay. quick, real quick. If you are part of Draft Twitter and you're now putting out Don't Force Cops, at least tag me or something. <laughs> throw out an or ad. Or promote like the shirt. And promote right. the shirt. Something, I'm, Ryan, man. I'm telling you, next time you see it, comment the shirt underneath it because we own that real estate. <laughs> we own you know, that. <laughs> you, know, you know what I did do? I, I did um, I did save the uh, Don't Force Cops just logo, and I was just going to paste that on places that like put it. You know, oh, that's fantastic. Kind of patent, patent pending, right? That's so. got to be your That's got to be your header. I'll make you a good header with that. Yeah, let's, right. let's talk after the show. So let's get into the second one, Dimebacker. And I, I led into the three-down impact guys by talking about different styles of linebackers. And it seems like more and more these days, teams are attracted to linebackers and bigger safeties that they know can play a hybrid role. They want guys that are really good in coverage, guys that can make an impact on passing downs. And I, th- I like both of these picks. Alex, I like yours a little bit more. And I think Ryan also really likes this guy. But I think that, and Alex, actually, I want to hear from you first because I, I led into it perfectly. Uh, Jeremiah Usukoromoa for me is a fantastic coverage linebacker and I think that whoever selects him is going to have a Jeremy Chin type player on their defense because he can do so many things again Ryan I still love your guy because I'm a North Dakota State you know a supporter but we got to talk about Jeremiah Usukoromoa yeah both of these guys I mean their, their primary role at the next level at least you know kind of projecting out where his best role is is going to be someone that plays man over the slot quite a bit playing in in zone and man coverages uh kind of in space there on the uh, weak side of the formation and but jeremiah wusu Kormo is the best at it and he's the, he's the first round I, I you know i'm a big jabril cox fan but he's the b version of what we have in jeremiah wusu Kormoa here in my opinion and it, it, he's just so athletic i'd almost call him a safety you talked about jeremy chin being kind of the comp and mm-hmm. i agree you know, you play him in a similar role to what Carolina did with Jeremy Chin, who I was a huge fan of last year. Um, you know, they used him perfectly by not having a set place for him. Uh, something that we, I wish we would see more with Isaiah Simmons uh, with Arizona. I think they're kind of trying to put him in one spot, and I think that's taken away from a lot of what he brings, the, the value that he brings. But Owusu Kormo is basically a safety. You know, we call him a linebacker, call him a safety, whatever he is. I mean, he's a chess piece that's going to take – take up the tight end or he has athleticism to keep up with a lot of the slots in the NFL. I think this is someone that you're going to want to play in man coverage despite, you know, doesn't matter who it is. It can be Travis Kelsey or it can be Tyreek Hill. And I think you're going to be okay with, with what you get in return uh, by placing him there. So 
Uh, both these guys are just great coverage defenders that are going to step in day one and be one of the better kind of slot nickelbacker, dimebacker kind of guys. Well, Jock is, Jock is a safety. I mean, if we're yeah. being, if we're being yeah, honest. Yeah, he was a converted know, he was, safety. He was recruited at safety. He was a converted safety. He played in their four-two-five in the rover position, which when you really think about it is – He's a safety. <laughs> right. Yeah. But for the next level, he's going to be a dynamic second-level defender because, you know, his ability to win in short areas, play man-to-man coverage like you said, Alex. I mean, if you go to the Clemson games, right, like he's playing man-to-man a ton against Amari Rodgers, you know, in the right. slot. So he's shown the ability to do it. I also like, I mean, if we're talking about safety converts potentially, like Jacoby Stevens from LSU is another guy that I think would be excellent in that role. But the guy that I wanted to mention, which we kind of hinted at a little bit, was former North Dakota State transfer, LSU now, uh, Jabril Cox, who is listed around six foot three, has nice length for the position. Now, I'm not the biggest Jabril Cox fan. I know, Alex, you said like he's the B version. For me, he's probably the C version when you really oh, think see, about I, it. I, Who's I, your B maybe version? I'm higher then. on him then. Who's your B version? I don't have a B version. Oh. We're, we're skipping right from A to C. There's no B. Is that, There's no B. Is that allowed? So what round What <laughs> round, what, what round? grade do you have on Cox? I have a third round grade on him. Oh, so no. I have a second. So that's why he's a Stop. B for me and a yeah. C for you. Oh, that, yeah, makes, that makes sense. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense now. Chronologically, <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> But I, I, so Cox for me doesn't do much on rundowns for me. Like there's no physicality to his game. But if we're talking about a guy that is strictly going to be, hey, you're a matchup negator, playing short zones, playing some man to man. You have he has smooth hips. He's able to transition really well. There is a definite impact. He's going to create some turnovers in the passing game. There, absolutely, he's going to play a lot on third down and obvious passing situations. Pretty much the moment that he steps in the league, the next question is going to be how can he develop to become an all around backer. But for me. The impact in short zone specifically, Jabril Cox makes that from day one. He The fluidity in which he plays is just so rare for the position. I don't even think he's all that great of an athlete. I just think he he processes things well and he he knows how to how to maneuver space and manage space, uh, like you said, in short zones especially. And I just think he's fluid. He's, he changes direction and really smooth. The length comes into play there. I, I, like I said, I don't even think he's a superb athlete, but he does so well in coverage because of, one, the instincts, and two, just the fluidity and the change of direction that he has. Yep, smooth. He's a, The, the yes, word for Jabril Cox is smooth. In and out of breaks, mm-hmm. the ability to transition, click and close, like he has that real smoothness to him to, to be able to match up against guys that are smaller than him. Right. Yeah, and he, he's not necessarily the, the bulkiest guy, and, and that's something that we tend to see sometimes with these FCS players, that they come into the league a little bit lighter. I, I want to say he played at 215 when he was at North Dakota State, or close to 220, but... Um, maybe bulks up a little bit. Maybe he has a little bit more of a, a three-down impact if he does that. I like this next superlative. I think this one has to be my best, uh, my favorite one uh, that you put down here, Ryan, which is don't want to meet in a dark alley. And I think for – you can't use this for every position group. I think if we did it for quarterback, <laughs> probably wouldn't find a very good quarterback. Probably put just Sam Ellinger down because he's a fullback. But um, speaking on someone, though, who's just a mean SOB that you're – you're walking somewhere you're not supposed to. You see this guy and you know, oh, God, this guy's going to kick my ass. Ryan, who is uh, your mean SOB? Well, Mac Jones would have been my guy for quarterback, personally. He would have took off his shirt and I would have been just shrieking in fear. Um, sorry. <laughs> um, so, by, by don't be in the dark alley, which this was the easiest one for me today, to be honest. Nick Bolton from Missouri, for me, as a first-round player, been a player that I've been on since the summer. Like I've been a huge fan of him. I've not wavered from that love. My dude, if we're talking about a guy with extreme hit power, extreme ability to transition down downhill, 
and absolutely destroy dudes in the run game, Nick Bolton is it, man. He has just a tenacity about him, a physicality about him. He plays with his hair on fire, snap to snap, extremely physical. Despite only being about 5'11", 6'2", 232 pounds, there is no linebacker pound for pound that packs a punch like Nick Bolton does for Missouri. No, I agree with you. That's the obvious answer. It's Nick Bolton. Uh, his ability to just guys coming downhill, running backs coming downhill, and he just puts them, stops them in their track. There's that one play where it's third and short, I believe, and it looks like the running backs got the momentum to get there, and he just stops them right at the line, and it's just go. To, yeah, he's the answer for me. I just wanted to bring up someone different and someone I'm a big fan of overall. I had to place him somewhere. That's Pete Warner out of Ohio State. I'm a big Pete Warner fan. I think he has some of that versatility that you want to keep on. You know, we talked about three down guys. I think he's great in coverage. I think he's a good coverage linebacker, but I think he packs a punch too. That's why I placed him here. If this game, if this guy moved moves downhill, he can get violent really quick. You, I saw it a few times uh, against running backs trying to pass protect, and Pete Warner would just knock him right over. And then you see it, uh, you know, when he's playing in short zones and he's coming downhill on some swing routes, uh, you know, littered throughout his tape. So Pete Warner is another player. I just feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't bring it up because he's a top five linebacker for me. Wow. He's number five for me. Wow. So I just I had to bring up my guy Pete Warner. I think he's the best of the Ohio State linebackers. That could be a uh, hot take. I don't know why it should be, but Pete Warner for me is someone that he ha- he plays with that violence when he needs to. But he he's such a fluid mover as well. You know, kind of what we were talking about with Jabril Cox. I just think he's he's got it all. He's a, he's a three down player that you know is probably going to be a day two pick that I'd be excited about playing uh, day one. Pete Warner is the most underrated player too because, and I, I've said this before, and I truly believe it. He's a white linebacker, so people assume he's not athletic, but that is not true at all. My guy has great hips. He's super fluid. He moves sideline to sideline. Like, he is a good athlete, and people have just have this preconceived notion that he cannot be a good athlete. Baron Browning's the only good athlete in the Ohio State linebackers. Justin Hilliard is a good linebacker, a uh, good athlete in the Ohio State linebackers. Pete Warner can't be, but in reality, Pete Warner is a very mm. good athlete. Mm. I also just want to throw in, I, I always find it, funny that there always has to be somebody in the category of like you know like when we're talking don't want to mean a dark alley the, the meanest guy I feel like it's it, there's always the one guy that, uh, that we can end up picking is never necessarily the biggest you know you're yeah. picking Nick Bolton he's one of the more compact he's probably one of the smallest linebackers in this class and you from still a picked perspective. him yeah and that and that well yeah and from a high perspective I mean he's probably he's not super heavy but dude he's thick dude right he's right thick. he's a thick guy but I, I just I'm entertained by that because the meanest guy always it tends to be one of the smaller players in the class because you got to make yeah. up for the lack of height and length sometimes. Napoleon complex, man. You got to yeah. got to overcompensate, you know. You're a right. little bit of a smaller guy, so you got to be tough. That's just kind of what works. Right, right. So we're going to get to three more superlative categories. We've got two and then we're going to reveal the blatantly obvious top prospect for each of you guys before we get to that though, folks. I need to talk to you about eBay. If you're looking to buy some new shoes and you're into collecting really nice shoes, why not head to eBay, which is the best destination for buying rare shoes, whether it's rare dead stock or the latest release, find the exact shoe that you're looking for. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go cop the pair that you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, logo, stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. 
Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity. And it also protects sellers with a verified return process. Also, for sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers $100 or more, making it free to sell or flip your collection. Go to ebay.com slash sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for driving, sorry, discovering great value and unique selection. I keep butchering these. You're rusty. Damn. Yeah, I took one week <laughs> off with you guys. It's been a rough month. Okay, go easy on me. <laughs> All right, so day three upside, and this is the same thing as what we were doing before, which is sleepers, guys that could be a later round player that turns into an, a high impact prospect. And there's plenty of guys each year that maybe don't turn into a pro bowler, three down, every down, huge impact player. But I think our listeners should understand if a day three guy carves out a, a a role for a team and is a high impact role player. That's all you really need. I talked about Tate Crowder. Tate Crowder is probably going to turn himself into their go-to the giants go-to coverage linebacker because of what he was able to do in his first year. So Alex, I want to hear from you first this time. Who is your day three upside player? Yeah, this is someone I've talked about quite a bit, uh, whether it's through Twitter, or I think I talked about him over the summer some, and that's Monty Rice out of Georgia. And it's really, it, it, you might call me a homer or whatever, but Monty Rice is a good football player. Shut up, Ryan. Uh, <laughs> Monty Rice is actually a good football player. He's a little undersized, so he's going to play uh, a will. That thing, that's where he projects best. But he's so good playing on the, the 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 weak side of the football, that run and chase. He has plenty of athleticism. Uh, I think he has great instincts, and I, I love him. Like, his best plays come on screen plays, swing routes, because he comes downhill and he takes great angles. I just think overall you have a good football player. I just think the size is a little bit of a concern because he's a little undersized from a length. And and you talked about you know Nick Bolton from a height weight uh, length perspective a little bit there. But Monty Rice a little undersized. But I think if you put him in a four three system and as as a will will linebacker that can play in play in space quite a bit and run and chase. I think that's where Monty Rice is going to be very valuable. And I. I love I loved his tape. I thought he was actually a very very nice surprise. For me he was um for me he was a guy that I consider to be my dime backer pick cuz I think that he has really good instincts in short zone. Like I think that he right. could be a really nice coverage linebacker potentially Monty Rice. Well, and and something we talked about, you know, we we've talked about this before I believe and that's at the linebacker position how important instincts are and that's why you saw someone like Dylan Moses, who has all the athleticism in the world, you know, he's dealt with some injuries, but he doesn't have the instincts. And that's where you saw you saw that get kind of exposed, especially in 2020 and and become a red flag. But Monty Rice, I think, is one of the more instinctual linebackers this year's class. And you pair that with good athleticism. I think you have a you check enough of the boxes for you to feel comfortable taking him. He's my top uh, fourth round grade. He's my first day three grade uh, at the linebacker position personally. Yeah, and I picked another guy that I think that could impact the passing game, and I think that he, in, well, we're talking instinctual, I think that Garrett Wallow from TCU is a guy that fits that building as well. I actually had an opportunity to talk to Garrett last week uh, for an interview, and I will say that former safety that in TCU's four two five defense, because Gary, uh, Gary Patterson is kind of the, the architect of the four two five, which every team runs now, he came in as a safety, and he actually played like the Jeremiah Wusukora Moa role, like the rover. He, they call it safety two at TCU. And he played that role early on in his career. 
And then they transitioned to him that uh, into a different role, going from his sophomore to his junior year. And at six, he was at and during his junior season, he had a fantastic year. He had like 130 tackles, a dynamic season, like 18 tackles for loss. Wonderful year. He was listed on the roster with only about 6'2", 216 pounds or so. So very undersized guy. And then he comes into the senior year and he gains a bunch of weight. He's up to 230 plus pounds now. And he has not lost the athleticism side of everything. For me, when you're drafting a guy on day three at the linebacker position, you need him to have that niche to be, to impact the passing game as he develops the rest of his game. Garrett has that ability as far as having smooth hips, having instincts in the passing game, but also he's got good instincts in the run game. It's just he's continuing to grow into his body. He needs to get stronger. He has you know great downhill mentality. It's just the fact of he's now just 230 pounds for the first time in his career. He needs to continue to add good weight to that frame. So I think down the line, this is a starting level linebacker potentially, but early on, that niche that he has impacting the passing game, and I'm sure he's going to be a great special teamer, that's how he's going to stick as the rest of his game continues to develop. Yeah, that was something I was going to bring up is how important at the linebacker position especially it is to be able to play on special teams early on, especially if you're talking about day three prospects. And I think Garrett Wallow is that. And I was going to say, if you didn't talk about his improvement in the run game, that was something that was actually a nice surprise for me, you know, watching the TCU tape and, uh, you know, when I was getting into his tape this year is he was a lot better of a run defender than I thought he was going to be because I know coming from that safety, you know, coming from a safety convert background, I thought, oh, this is going to be an in-space, Monty, not Monty Rice, uh, Jabril Cox style of player, you know, someone you just want to play in coverage as a slot man. But he was, I thought he was really patient. He used his length well, and he he read he read the mesh point really well uh, on zone reads. I thought those were some of the notes I took away from him as a as a run defender uh, at the linebacker position. So I I'm agreeing with you that Garrett Wallow is a is a good one to to I, pick here. I think I have a hot take. I, okay, I'd rather have, you think I, or you do. Be, hey, you I, know. I I do I do have a hot okay. Take. There we go. I'd I'd rather have Garrett Wallow than um than Jabril Cox. I think. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Just like so thinking, you, thinking it over, like just thinking it over, what what does Cox bring that Wallow can't do? I don't right? Know. No, I no, I agree with you because I was starting to get to that point as well. Is Garrett Wallow has a lot of the same coverage instincts that you see with Jabril Cox and a lot right. of the same athleticism, if not more athleticism, good instincts, just like Jabril Cox. But I think he brings more upside in the run game than what you get with Cox. So I, it's not a bad hot take. I can I can buy it. There we go. Hot takes, hot takes on the show, Joe, and 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 uh, I, I just takes. wanted to mention Garrett, man. Yeah, it's a little spicy, I guess, but I just wanted to mention Garrett because I feel like playing with guys like Trevon Merrick and Ardarius Washington, he gets a little undersold, mm-hmm, right? But he is, a, I mean, Jeff Gladney, he played with a year ago too, right? Like, even though he's a potential All American, I think he did make a couple All American teams in 2019. Wallow speaking, he still doesn't get talked about a bunch, but I think that he's a really good football player. And we're, we're also, speaking of hot takes, we're definitely going to release a hot take episode. That I am excited for, which is probably going oh, to yeah. be scorching I'm hot, so it. stay tuned for that. By the way, the, the further I get into these different categories, and I, I reread them in my head and I'm about to say them, uh, Ryan literally just renamed most of the categories that we had and then added two. That was basically what he did. No. No. <laughs> I'm just I told you, Joe, when, when you, were, when you were, weren't here last week, we broke through some walls, okay? We broke through some barriers. <laughs> we, re- we reworked the names. That's what we did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so don't get it, which is the, old ver- or the new version of the previous category of uh, players that were lower on than most people are. So you change the wording here. 
I'm really surprised that neither of you guys picked Dylan Moses. And we were just talking about Dylan Moses. Have we just crapped on him enough that we're just we're moved on? We're, we don't want to talk about him anymore. He's he's not getting picked to day three anymore. Like right. there's not like there like people. There's not also a crowd. Don't get yeah, there's like, not we're that not crowd. the only people that <laughs> don't get it anymore. Like, like, like people just, just realized it. <laughs> I mean, talk. Okay. Okay. Talking to a couple former scouts and John Murphy, that's up north in in um, in the CFL uh, in Toronto. Like he's not getting picked till day three, probably. Wow. So like nobody nobody gets it, dude. Like he's just he's all athlete, no instincts, and no, and he just seems like a shell of him for himself. You know so who I feel no, like nobody gets it. You know who I feel like still really likes him is uh, David Turner, our, our good friend David Turner. I feel Does like he, he like him. I just feel like, he, like he seems like a prospect that he would like. I don't know. Yeah, he tends yeah, to well. like people that uh, that were liked a while like ago. Kyle, and Kyle Trask, right? Like yeah. Kyle Trask. <laughs> All right, so uh, Alex, let's head to you first again. I completely understand why you don't get this guy, especially after seeing him run a a four seven forty at a pro day where you're supposed to run a whole Look, that just one tenth faster than you typically do. So let's hear what you got. We went over summer scouting. I've I've never gotten it with Chasserat from North Carolina. His, his calling card is his range and his instincts. And I didn't think they were – I think people blow it out of proportion. I think one person said that and everyone just assumes that that's right because I, I did not see that. I think he does have some athleticism to him. So I was surprised to see a 4.7 at his pro day. But, that I mean, to get a 4.7 at your pro day, you're not quite as athletic as you looked on tape. Uh, at the end of the day, the tape prevails in that, that regard. I mean, he moves around the field pretty fast, but he has no physicality to his game. And – if I can't, if you can't sustain a block, if you can't shed blocks, like what am I doing? Like in running game, in the running game, he's a liability because he can't shed blocks, and mm. he doesn't have that ability to to get away from blocks. You know, someone that you know we ha- we we haven't gotten to in this show that's kind of gained some steam. Jamin Davis is someone that you know from Kentucky is someone that people like, but. And I don't think he sustains blocks very well. I don't think he can shed blocks very well, but he does a good job of avoiding them at least. I don't think Chaz Surratt is, is athletic enough to avoid you know downhill blockers. And he, he just gets swallowed up by tight ends too easily for me. And if you can't play with any like that requisite level of physicality at the linebacker position, I don't know what to do with you. Because for, for, for Chaz Surratt, he's, his calling card is this former quarterback that understands offenses like other linebackers don't. Um, and he has range, but four seven speed isn't necessarily something you want to have when your your calling card is range. So I just mm, not for me. Uh, I'm gonna have a mid day three grade on him, unlike a lot of people who have day two grades on him. And we're just gonna move on, and I'm gonna wait three or four years, and then we'll we'll revisit this because I I feel I feel fairly confident that Chasterat just. He just doesn't have the physicality to play at the next level. At the linebacker position, you are firstly a run defender. And if you can't do that for me, what are you what are you doing in the passing game? I don't really care. You don't play that rover role like Jeremiah, Wusu Kormo, Jabril Cox, some of these guys we talked about. That's a whole different position. This guy's a straight-up linebacker that just can't play against the run. I, I don't know what to do with you. Someone set a timer for four yes. years from now yeah, let's do on – March fourteenth yeah. in the year. We're, actually, we're what, not going to be talking about him because he's not. Gonna we're going to we're going to talk point. about Chaz Surratt. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're going to be talking about Alex Gilstrap being so smart. That's what we're going to be doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! All right, who you got, Ryan? All right, I'm about to go on like a little tangent here, okay? Because this guy, man, okay. 
So, not to throw the draft network under the bus, but I'm about to throw a draft network under the bus. So let's do it. Uh, Own up to it if you're going to do it. Top, top 20 player on their board now, Alex. I don't know if you saw this. Baron Browning from Ohio State, who I've seen now multiple people call him a first-round pick. Let's start with the timeline here. Five-star recruit. Isn't able to really get on the field until his junior year of college. Okay, let's start there. Junior year of college. He is rotating at Mike and Will as they're inside. So they keep three linebackers on the field a bunch. So that Sam basically becomes a rover, right? He gets displaced on the number two or number three wide receiver. So he's playing inside linebacker in 2019. Really explosive athlete. Super impressive looking athlete. He has zero instincts in the run game. My guy sees red. He goes and chases red. He doesn't get back into coverage. To be very honest, 2019 film wasn't good at all. Like, it just wasn't. It wasn't good. It was so not good that they decided 2020, you know what? Even though Pete Werner's a good Sam, we're going to move Pete Werner inside to Will, and we're going to move you out to Sam so that you get away from the line of scrimmage so that your instincts don't hurt us in the run game. And what happens? Baron Browning has a pretty solid season. You know, he 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 definitely has some flashes. But at the next level, the position that he's playing doesn't exist anymore like you're not putting a Sam out on number two and number three a ton anymore like you're playing base downs less than 50% of the time so that guy's a nickel like you're taking him out of the game and the plays that he's making is him coming from depth unblocked and making plays because he's a really nice space player because he moves really well but at the next level he's not going to do that it's not going to be that easy you're going to be playing inside the tackles and you're going to be working, and you're going to have to be recognizing, diagnosing, shooting gaps after post-trigger step. You're going to have to be getting back in in, in um, coverage, working from less depth. And I don't understand it. I can't. Because if for me, this is a guy that late day two, early day three, I would give it a shot, right? Like, I would understand that, like, hey, he is a great athlete. He is long. He's athletic. He has the five-star pedigree. For a position that he played where it's going to ask him to do something at the next level that is similar, he did not excel and he was bad at it. And he got moved to a position that doesn't exist anymore. So what position is he playing? He's not playing Mike. He's not playing Will. And the Sam Backer role playing an overhang position like Davion Taylor did last year at Colorado isn't a thing anymore. So what am I doing with Baron Browning? Why is he getting first-round hype? I don't understand it. I never will. I, I don't think he can see the field. In 2021, yeah, at a high rate, like, there's I don't some think he exciting traits snap. with him athletically, the and there round, is. I don't understand. There's something to be said about the point that you made at the beginning of uh, of that spill. There <laughs> is, uh, he couldn't get on the field until guys were out of the way, and so now he's being talked about as this the best linebacker coming out of this Ohio State group. Yeah, every single one of them played over him uh, until 2020, where they played alongside him. Dude, tough. He boy, couldn't. Though. Sorry to cut you off, Alex, but he couldn't beat out Pete Werner. I mean, not Pete Werner. I'm sorry. He couldn't beat out Tough Borland, dude. He couldn't beat Yikes. out Tough Borland. That is yeah, so I'm not bad. As a five-star Baron recruit, like I said, you know, you couldn't when beat I was out talking about Pete Warner. Pete Warner's my, my favorite sorry, o- Ohio State linebacker in this year's class. And what are the odds that Baron Browning, when it's all said and done, is the third best yep. Ohio State linebacker? Because I like Justin Hilliard a good bit, too. I think he's a good football player. I think he, he plays a good instinct. So... 
I'm just saying, Baron Browning, you talked about the role being, you know, not being yeah. like where his traits and where his skills line up, where the NFL is today. It's just it doesn't look like it's a great fit and it's it's hard to project him out in, in a different role. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too surprised. I, I'm I'm gonna bank on the the athleticism of Baron Browning to be able to figure it out at the next level. I have a higher grade than Justin Hilliard, but I know what Justin Hilliard is, and I'm actually I, I kind of like him uh, as a as an early day three, early to mid day three guy. Baron Browning, you know, there there's a lot of swing for the fence with him. That's what he is. He's a swing for the fence type of prospect. He's someone that if he hits, he's gonna hit really really well, and if he doesn't, I, where you put him? Where do you play him? How do you put him on the field? So I agree with you that that's a that's a tough evaluation and i just don't understand the the first round hype especially in a linebacker class like this year where there's just so many guys at at the top i don't know why you would ever even consider baron browning in the first right he's also billed as this like playmaker right this this turnover machine and then you look at what his impact really was i mean he had three tackles for loss one sack two pass breakups, no interceptions. He hasn't recorded an interception in his career. And you're billing me as he is this dynamic athlete who can create these big plays to, ter- to change momentum of games. Like, where is it? It's not tangible. It's not in the, you're not also, he's also doing it from a position that isn't very compatible to the next level. Like we saw right. this year, I'm not, he's a better player than Davion Taylor. I'm not comparing him to Davion Taylor. I'm not doing that. But Davion Taylor played the same position. He played that overhang Sam Backer at Colorado exclusively. And the Eagles had to completely transition him and say, like, man, that's not a position. Like, you're a nice athlete. We have to see what you are. And he barely played because that's a huge learning curve. And I think the same learning curve is coming for Baron Browning. So let's let's wrap up today's conversation with something that's not really going to – I don't think this will take too long. I don't think there's going to be much discourse because we already talked about him. We already we already mentioned him and discussed his play style. So yeah, it's Micah, Par- talking it's Micah Parsons for me because he's the only linebacker in this year's class that I can, wow. I can see being that takeover, that takeover player, that guy that can take over the game and make it his. Uh, you saw that the Memphis game, the Cotton Bowl, the last game we saw Micah Parsons that bowl game. He completely took over that side of the football, and there was nothing that Memphis could do about it, and I think that's going to transcend to the next level. Ryan talked about his ability to rush the passer and his ability, his his rawness almost to the position as a as a, a coverage defender, but the athleticism that he has paired with the ability to, to stuff the run, the pass rushing ability. Micah Parsons has the ability to take over a football game from the linebacker position, and that's something that we haven't been able to say uh, about any of these other guys, at least not myself. I think Micah Parsons, like Ryan talked about, from a film perspective, is a top five player in this year's class. I think you have Trevor Lawrence, I think you have Penny Sewell, and I think Micah Parsons is right there with with the next guys right there. So for me, Micah Parsons is is by far and away the the top five. There's some off the field concerns uh, with some things that went down at Penn State. I can't speak to those as someone that doesn't know all the details of the situation. So I'm ta- I'm taking this from a purely film perspective. Michael Parsons is the best linebacker in this year's class. Mm. Yeah, I'll keep it really short because I already kind of talked about him to begin with. You know, when we were talking about three down impact, he's a guy that just tested the other day, ran like four four two or four four three in the forty. Like he's a such a dynamic athlete, six foot two, six foot three, two hundred forty plus pounds. He's the only linebacker in this class, in my opinion, yep. that can play any linebacker spot in either a 4-3 or a 3-4. If you want to play him up on, on ball as a rush, like he could do it. You want to play him at Sam, you want to play him at Will, you want to play him at Mike, 
inside backers in the three four. Yep. Like any spot, he can play and he can make an impact. He's a special football player. Yeah, I, I think that's the big reason why here is that you know we we talked about all these different guys that have different qualities and Micah Parsons by far and I actually didn't do a report on him but I watched a ton of film on him and I, I definitely see that high impact player and he can do multiple things and that's that's ultimately what makes guys the most valuable is that ability to come in and be able to impact wherever they decide That'd to be put a good him. pick 11 Folks future that, New York Giant Micah Parsons I hope so I hope people overthink him enough to I would literally lose my mind I would I I'm telling you I right now if you. they pick Mike Micah Parsons I'm buying a jersey I'm buying a Micah Parsons jersey, confirmed. Just like I said, if they drafted Isaiah Simmons, I was going to buy an Isaiah Simmons jersey. But they didn't, and they're not going to draft <laughs> Micah Parsons because they don't draft linebackers. I like I love watching linebackers. I'm a big linebacker fan. <laughs> All right, folks, that's going to be it from us on today's episode. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, be sure to hit that subscribe button. Leave us a five-star review. Follow us on social media, at Joe DeLeon, at Rise and Draft, at Alex Gillstrap, at NFL Prospects Pod on Twitter. Also follow Believe Podcasts at B-L-E-A-V Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram and head to Believe.com to find our show as well as hundreds of other amazing shows. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Stay tuned for Thursday's next fantastic interview. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.